there's no point I suppose taking a hit on it this year and saying oh well sure look at we're going to graze paddocks that we've closed up or we're going to force the Oasis out for an extra few weeks and carry next this year's problems into next year you know so you kind of have to kind of break the, the cycle if we were having a bad period we take the hit now how's the lambs there will be a return on them get rid of them but also it'll probably freeze up grass for yours it will free up shed space later in the year to get yours in on time so we're not burning up condition or going back grazing paddocks that we've closed for next spring so you kind of look at it you have to look at it in the big picture thing too that you don't let this year's problems drag on Hello I'm Kim Lynch and welcome to Ovicast the Chocolate Sheep Podcast each episode we'll bring you this insights advice and technical updates for the sheep industry Is it time the house finishing lambs? It's a question I posed to Chugger Sheep Joe, Damien Costello and Frank Campion in this week's episode. There were challenging grazing conditions in recent weeks has put a lot of pressure on farms, both in terms of land performance, grass utilisation and supply. We discussed the option of housing the remaining lambs to finish indoors and in the conversation we discussed some of the key factors to consider at housing, the levels of performance can be attained, killing percentages, as well as the nutritional requirements and feed management. We start off, however, when we hear first from Frank and then Damien, just set the scene of where we are at the moment with lambs on farms. Look at yeah, lamb performance. It's been a hard year on lamb performance. So we would have talked earlier on in the year how the the, the weather around March and April kind of set the, the growth rates from birth up till seven weeks back. We then saw a bit of, I suppose, a, a bounce back in the growth rates then from seven to 14 weeks. And by the time we got to weaning, while things were still a little bit back, it wasn't as bad a picture as it could have been. But as everybody knows, we've had a very much of a mixed bag of a summer in terms of weather and it's right into the autumn and that has had an impact on lamb performance and ultimately that's had an impact on lamb drafting rates too. I suppose it's very much reflective in what we're seeing on some of the better farms and some of the other farms we work with in terms of, you know, we're still a lot of lambs left on farm, you know, struggling to get condition onto lambs and I suppose struggling with some of the oats trying to get condition on them too as a result of weather conditions, grass utilisation and grass quality. Again, I suppose it's it's uh, it's about considering, I suppose, where the priority lies at the minute and on a lot of farms. Um, in terms of grass supply, the, the, the oats are the priority. Um, again, as Frank said there, with, with the lambs, uh, in October-November period, typically you could expect lowland lambs uh, to gain in the order of 115 grams per day. Uh, that would be in fairly good conditions and, and really good grass. Uh, that would translate to 0.8 kgs per week. Um it's there's there's very few lambs as far as I can see that are that are achieving anywhere near that. Uh, as somebody said recently, uh, there's, there's rain falling on their backs. Uh, what they're eating in terms of grass is is very dro- uh, very low dry matter. So um, they're eating or they're consuming a lot of water, and and their their underfoot conditions are are wet as well. So um, you know, achieving any sort of gain on on uh, grass only is very very difficult. Um, you know, like the last couple of weeks have been challenging. And Frank, I might bring you just back on this one. Like a lot of farms would have took steps from September onwards to actually deal with the lamb performance supplement that's gone in. There's a vast majority of farms out there have a lot of lambs very close to finish, but they're still not just there yet. Yeah, so look, as you, as you said, Kieran, a lot of farms have taken action. You know, I suppose some lads would have started with what we'd call finishing groups back in the summertime where they'd have pulled off those heavier lambs, they'd have been giving them up to kind of half a kilo a meal and, you know, that would have been helped move lambs on and they would have continued on doing that right up until, you know, the last couple of weeks and there is a lot of lambs, you said, on the, on the point of being finished. I suppose we're at the stage now where because of grass utilisation, grass quality that's out there and grass supplies disappearing rapidly, there's probably an argument at this stage that those lambs, particularly the ones that are near finish, need to be housed from a point of view of just speeding up their gain, getting them up on tad meals and getting them gone quicker. 
And I think there's a lot of lads probably have done that the last couple of weeks or are certainly on the point of doing it now. And it's it's realistically probably the best option, particularly for those heavier type lambs that are on farms. I just want to put this in context because you both have touched on that issue. It's not this is not for everyone, but for those that maybe have carried in more lambs in dawn, as a reflection of the year we had, are in that exact scenario where the lambs close to finish, but they gave me you touching this as well, grazing conditions over the last couple of weeks. Everything has not gone to plan. Probably going through supplies quicker. Making that step of going inside, how do you weigh up that option and just assess it? Like I said, this isn't for everyone, but there is a good share of farms out there that probably need to take action now if they haven't done so already. No, it's not for everyone, Kieran. You're right. Like some farms, you know, particularly some of the lower stock farms, maybe some farms that are maybe not getting the same brunt terrain that, that others are and have drier ground, maybe they have the option that they can keep lambs out. But I suppose for those farms, particularly the higher stocked ones where supplies are dwindling quickly, you know, and yours are mowing through grass, well, then this is an option for them. But each farm has to weigh that up and suit their system to make it work to suit their system. You know, it's your facilities and stuff also have to be factored in at this stage too. So if you're going to house lands to move them on, you know, have you the space for them? Have you the right type of facilities for them? And if you want to start housing yours, then in the coming weeks, you know, how is that going to affect that? Are you going to have space for them too? But it's, So it's not for everybody, but for those who can or need to do it, well, then now is the time to do it. You know, I think that's the couple last points you touched on is important. So weighing up the option, considering the relative finish time for these lambs as well is important. It is absolutely here, and, and uh, as Frank said there, um, you know, the, the, with with grass supplies kind of uh, appearing to to be going quick, um, there is the chance that yours will be will be housed a little bit earlier. So, um, you know, people need, to, I suppose, to take stock of what facilities uh, they have available to them on the farm in terms of putting in. Do they have suitable housing facilities to house these lambs, and can they get them out the gap um, in time uh, to house yours if if um, if it's their their main sheep housing they're they're using for this purpose. Um, okay. So you know that it is important for it's it's as Frank said it there. I mean, every farm just has to take stock. For for some farmers, maybe um, offloading some lambs in stores, maybe the maybe the option. So um, there's no two situations the same. Okay, look, some some I think we'll get into in terms of how close to finish and the finish time. Let's look at it from the point of view if they've made the choice to house those lambs. So those lambs are still running around grazing grass. that's not really putting on performance. Maybe poaching some paddocks that might be more useful to keep yours going on post-tipping. If we're looking at housing, what are a couple of key considerations? Damien, I might throw it to you first when you're going to house lambs. Like, what are a couple of things we need to consider just to get the best out of that practice? Yeah, it, it, maybe it's, it's very easy to say it. Uh, it's certainly easier said than done, but um, trying to get those lambs into the shed, if you've made the decision, as you said, to house lambs, trying to get them in as, as dry as possible. Um, if you house very wet sheep, <coughs> Excuse me. It takes a good number of days for them to to dry out, and also it kind of can lead to sort of high levels of humidity in the shed. So in that situation, very important to be vigilant for uh, cases of pneumonia. So if you can get them in uh, as dry uh, in the fleece as possible, um, I suppose the other thing, just in terms of the the uh, the size of area you need and so on, um, in terms of floor space uh, for lambs, it's it's obviously a good bit less than what you'd need for uh, for mature yaws. But uh, 0.8 meters squared per lamb is the is the guideline uh, for floor space. Ideally, we would start to say to aim to have no more than 30 lambs per group in the shed. So if, if you have a pen of 25 or 30 lambs, it's, uh, that's ideal. But if you have that group of 30 lambs, uh, they need a, a 24 meter squared of a, of a pen space. Uh, just in terms of feed space then um, it's important as well and this is particularly important 
um, when you're building them up to, to ad-lib meals. And I know Frank will talk a little bit more about that, but uh, they need at least 30 centimetres or, or a foot per lamb of, of uh, feed space when they're on, when they're on truck feeding, they're, they're, you're building them up to ad-lib. Um, so, and then, you know, this is also very useful to watch out for, for shy feeders or, or lambs that are not eating, not eating. Uh, at that particular uh, ventilation as always with any any animal housing in, ventilation is very important um, you know if it's if it's a fairly well constructed um, d- designated sheep shed it should be it should be fine for ventilation um, obviously you need adequate inlet and outlet ventilation to keep fresh air circulating through the building um, but on the other hand then it's important uh, that it's not drafty either um, and really, I suppose ventilation is important on a couple of fronts. Um, it, it keeps kind of or it takes airborne infection or pathogens uh, out of the out of the air. Um, and the other thing, I suppose, in poorly ventilated sheds, uh, you'll tend to use a lot more bedding because it creates this kind of humid conditions in in the shed. And um, you know there is. Um, straw is quite expensive this year, uh, and this 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 talks of supply issues as well. So, um, you know, you 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 don't want to be using um, too much straw because of a, a poorly ventilated building. Um, so again, I suppose the the uh, a knock on effect, I suppose, of the poor year is is the is this is the straw issue and and the supply of it. Uh, clean water obviously is very important. You know, clean out the drinkers um, in the pins and make sure there's this this fresh water available. Um, and finally, I suppose maybe Kieran on. Um, you know, if you're if you if you're going housing lambs, as 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 you would say the same with with yours, um, don't house um, lambs that are lame. Um, you know, put them into a group and treat them appropriately, um, and only house them uh, when it's cleared up. The last thing you want is um, lame lambs going into a, a confined area and then they're spreading the infection to to the rest of the lambs. So, again, good practice to to foot bath all the lambs before housing and then check that if there's any sort of uh, with clinical sides of lameness that need further treatment, uh, that you get that sorted before you put them into the shed. No, I think I think it's a very important point, Damien. It's just a recipe for disaster if those are housed in a confined environment. It'll spread right through throughout, and it's going to hamper performance. Damien, just like on the health aspects, um, you know, you're coming off grazing, been a challenging year. You know, treatment for parasites too at housing or shortly after will be an important aspect as well. I assume. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, not no harm at all. You know, some 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 people might feel that it's it's you know getting late to be be talking um, on in terms of stomach worms, but no harm at all to take a, a fecal sample um, to to check how they're they're fixed in relation to stomach worms. And again, I suppose um, there there are indications. I suppose that uh, given the wet the wet year that um, we're, we'll be expecting the department issue their 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 fluid fluke forecast in in the coming weeks but uh you know all the indications are that it could be a risky year for fluke uh, particularly on farms that have a, a history i suppose of, of fluke uh, the key thing i suppose maybe in treating fluke with lambs particularly in short keep lambs is that you watch for the the withdrawal dates Um, you know that a lot of the, the fluke products are, are uh, 42 days withdrawal upwards like so just be be, be be cognizant of that and again if you're treating for fluke that you're using a product uh, at this time of the year that's um, hitting the, the immatures um, you know the, the, the correct product and look at if you're unsure on this um, talk to your vet um, to, 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 to see to, to get a program in place Frank I'm going to bring you back into this point so if we, if we get the basics right at house I suppose a key consideration was mentioned earlier is you know probably going to be the same housing issues but he always great if it's not going to be the same space or if you have enough room but if it is 
being realistic about the finish time on those lambs, I suppose it really does depend on who we the starting weight we have. Yeah, exactly, Kieran. And you know, look at <clears throat> I think all the indications are that you know yours are probably going to be housed a bit earlier this year, if, unless things drastically change. Now, the advantage of doing a podcast like this is that we might just change it for us because we're after telling everyone if the conditions are bad, they might take up again. But in the event that they don't, we have to be realistic with what shed space is there. So the way we calculate that is it comes down to what performance we can expect. You know, so as you said, those heavier lambs, they'll be shorter keep. You know, any of the research we've done on the ad-lib feeding has shown that, you know, your, your 37, 38 kilo lamb plus will generally finish quite quickly once they go into the shed. Those lambs that are kind of 30 kilos and less, there's very little economy or value in putting them onto ad-lib meals. So I suppose if they do go in and you have to house them, they're going to be a long time in there before you get them up to the weights. So I suppose the way you calculate that for anyone is to first of all have an idea of what growth rates you can expect. So I suppose when we've looked at the hill lambs over the years, what we've seen is that, you know, the, the kind of purebred Scottish black faced lamb, they'll do something around, you know, around the 200 grams, 220 maybe for, for good lambs on ad-lib concentrates once they're up at full feeding. Your, your, your crossbred type lamb, then your Texas cross lamb, they're going to do a bit more. They're going to do 250 to 60 grams per day. And then some of your pure lowland lambs will probably do a little bit more on top of that. You know, they could be up close to 300 grams per head per day. Once they're up on full feeding, that is. That's not including your, your kind of acclimatization period. So I suppose the drafting weights for them lambs is going to vary. So obviously, if you're drafting off forages at the minute or off grass, you have a slightly higher weight because you have a lower kill-out percentage. You know, realistically, you know, male lambs coming off ad-lib concentrates, you're going to be looking at kind of 43, 44, even up to 45% of a kill-out percentage. Now, you'll get a variation in that. So you will get some lambs that will kill out higher at 46 or 47%, you know, particularly your more lowland type type lambs. But, you know, you're aiming for kind of a 44% kill out realistically. And I suppose they're the kind of factors you need to take into play. So, you you know, and realistically, it's about, you know, having an idea of putting, when you're putting the lambs in, most lads will, should have a scales, weigh some of the lambs, ideally you'd weigh them all, but at least weigh a good proportion of them and see what sort of weights you have going into the house so that you can work out how long they're going to be there for. So, Frank, just in terms of performance, look, we're going to cover the dates bit the minute. Maybe we should have come in with that bit too earlier, but we're looking at something between a kilo and a half, two kilos a week performance. That gives you a kind of rough benchmark of where you're going to be yeah. for drafting. And we have to then consider the fact that we have to come from way, very wet grass and there's going to be a gut fill change. Our kill-outs are going to improve. And I suppose the, the key caveat there, and just what you touched on, the level of fat cover is going to be a big determinant on that too, that if the well flesh lambs, Certainly, we'll be getting the higher end of that kill out you were you were recommending. Yeah. Okay. Talk to me a wee bit about the nutrition. So we're assuming in some of these cases these lambs are already been fed a bit outdoors, maybe a variable rate. Maybe take me through the two scenarios of whether there's very little supplementation going in on the build up phase and those that are maybe already on close to that lib, maybe at creep feeders and just adaption insight and maybe the reason why we're going for ad lib feeding. Okay, so I suppose if we start with those lambs, Kieran, that are probably on very little to no supplementation. When they go into the shed, you know, you're going to have to start them off small. You know, you're kind of initially talking 300 grams per lamb per day. And then that can be built up by around 200 grams per head per day every three to four days until the lambs are, are at full feeding level. So until they're at ad lib. So that's going to take you the best part of, you know, two weeks to get up to that ad lib feeding level, if not a little bit more. Because initially when those lambs, particularly lambs that haven't been used to feeding, there will be a couple of days there where they're going to be learning to go in and eat the meals. And there's a bit of a training period involved in that. Your lambs are already on a high level. So, you know, say your lambs are maybe we're getting to half a kilo per head per day outdoors. 
obviously they're going to be quicker to build up. You know, you can get them in. I suppose once you get them used to eating in the shed after a day or two, you can start building them up again by your 200 grams per head per day every three to four days. And they'll probably hit full feeding very quickly. And as for lambs that are on the ad-lib feeder, we'll look at if they're already ad-lib feeding outside. Generally, when they go inside, they'll continue on that. I suppose the key thing once they go inside is it's not just a concentrate-only diet. So it's ad-lib, it's mainly concentrates, but they need a forage source. So you're going to need to have some some version of a forage, be it straw, be it hay, be it silage, that they have continuous access to. Intakes will generally be quite low once you get on to ad-lib meals, but it, there is still an intake level there, and that's important. It basically keeps the rumen functioning correctly and keeps the lamb healthy. If we don't have that, you're on a much higher risk of acidosis and other kind of metabolic diseases and problems. Um, and I think the, the big thing with the build-up period, Kieran, is it's not just for the for the sake of the building up period is to kind of understand why it happens so when you start introducing those levels of meal what you actually get is a drop in the pH in the rumen so by building it up slowly allow the rumen to basically adapt to it so you don't end up with problems like acidosis and if you're starting to see that lambs suddenly become quite lethargic very scoury you know not coming in to eat you might be going through the gears a bit too quickly and you need to back off and start building them up slowly again and probably talk to your vet about some treatment options for lambs because that's a sign of some level of acidosis Look, I suppose part of the reason we're talking about more head and fried lip but maybe not going at a lower level of concentrate and silage supplement it, it's the finish time, Frank, on these ones is another important consideration. Yeah, look, it's the finish time, Kieran, because if you're going to start keeping them at lower levels, you'd want to have a really, really good quality forage to go with it. Most farms, understandably, don't have that. So if you're going to put them in, it's going to be a high, it's a more expensive system. It adds cost to it. But the best way to do to, to manage that cost is to get them in and get them out quickly. So by going on to ad-lib meals, that's the best way of doing that. Even an average quality silage, 69, 70 DMD, that's not going to be much addition on a growth rate benefit. They're still going to be quite slow finishing on that. So you're as well just go to an ad-lib meal finishing. I suppose in reality, if we put all the costs into it, there's not going to be that much of a difference. No, there's not going to be that much of a difference because the bit, fine when you go to fill the creep feeder and even you're thinking they're motoring through this this meal, but on the plus side of that, they have a higher growth rate, so they're moving off the farm quicker. So you're not feeding for them feeding them for as long. And look, the caveat there has to be if they remove the passengers that Damien talked about earlier and deal with the health issues. Otherwise, that really is going to turn out to be costly. Um, let's get into the nutrition aspect of it just for a minute, a bit more detail. Type of ration, Frank, we're feeding kind of specs on a protein spec or otherwise. And maybe pellet versus loose. Any comments on any of that aspect? Yeah, so look, the best thing to do is get a, a lamb finishing ration. You know, you need something that's high in energy, so high high cereal content within it. So look at the, the label. Look to see is there good cereal content, particularly in the first three ingredients. They generally make up the majority of the ration where it's listed in a, it should be where it's normally listed in ascending order, depending on inclusion rate. Um, protein levels, I would be thinking kind of 13, 14% at most. You know, at this stage, the lamb has a lot of its growing done. You're trying to put on flesh, so it's about energy. That's the limiting nutrient at this stage. Going very high protein levels can actually reduce your, your performance as it's the lamb is using energy to excrete the wasted protein. Um, in terms of your ration spec, very important, particularly for where you're feeding ram lambs, is that you have ammonium chloride included in the ration. So the ammonium chloride will prevent you getting a urinary calculi. I suppose the older system or more traditional way would be to include high levels of salt. Um, look at the ammonium chloride. Is a, it's a safer option. It's It works better, but also, as we've already touched on today, you know there is a shortage of straw out there. So you know, go with the salt option where you're trying to get them to drink more water, which will lead to wetter pens, lead to more straw usage, isn't a good option 
anyway this year the way things are things are sitting so they're kind of the, the main considerations with, with the ration in terms of then your your pelleted or your blend like look at my own preference would be on a on a pellet for the simple reason is that lambs that are on lad lib, they'll tend to sort and work their way through it. So what can happen is that a lot of the finer ingredients, particularly some of your ammonium chloride, your minerals, other fine ingredients can get left behind in the trough and they only eat the little bits they like out of it, where at least with the pellet, they're forced to eat a bit of everything. Also, in terms of the pellet, it can be cleaner in terms of vermin, vermin, vermin and birds in the shed insofar as they tend not to draw as many, as many unwanted creatures like that in around it. I suppose regardless of the skiing, the one thing with the pellet or the blend, whichever you go with, no more than when you're, we're talking about feeding yos in the winter, that trock needs to be cleaned out at least once a week so that waste and things that are left behind are cleared out of it and there's fresh stuff in front of the lambs the whole time. No, I think it's important whether it be an ad-lib hopper and trocks, you know, there will be a bit of residue build up. It's important you keep that right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Damien, I'm just going to bring you back on this one. Like, Just another aspect we have to consider, particularly at the moment, Look, equally as applicable for those housing lambs and sell them out of the shed as those outdoors. You know, the importance of clean livestock at the moment. I suppose in the indoor scenario, you know, the wet fleece is going in, but particularly keeping that bedding clean or if they're on slats, maybe shearing is an option in some cases. Or for those mm-hmm. who are outdoors still, maybe going out live on hoppers. Um, what are a couple of things they can do to keep, keep yeah, lambs it, clean for? Yeah, it certainly outdoors? is a challenge. And we, we spoke earlier on, I suppose, about about uh, getting getting lambs into the shed dry um again look at that's that's as I, as I said earlier that's very much easier said than done uh, where that's not possible i suppose maybe keeping the keeping the doors of the sheds open or any anywhere you can get air through the shed to to help get the, the lambs dried out a bit quicker um probably you'll find in that particular period if if it's in if it's on straw uh, that the, the the bed won't last as long if the, if they're going in sort of wet. So again, looking from a clean livestock policy, um, from a straw bedded uh, situation, uh, first of all, I suppose having adequate straw uh, under them um, and keep keeping the bed topped up um, is is a huge help in terms of keeping lambs clean. Um, on slats again, um, they're probably on fairly low levels of uh, of, of forage, so. Um, as Frank mentioned earlier, if you're building them up to Adlib, you'd certainly be offering a fibre source to them. But um, we find that they, they don't eat a huge amount of that. But So from the point of view of pulling silage into the slats and, and, and dirtying that, it's, it's not as big an issue, but uh, something to be watched. Uh, we also mentioned, I suppose, again, about controlling parasites. The last thing you want is lambs that are scouring because of a, a fluke or a worm burden. Uh, and again, to, to bear in mind that, that you watch the withdrawals on, on the, the products you're using. Um, you mentioned belly clipping there, Kieran. You know it's particularly um, useful, I suppose, for outdoor lambs. And we'd have would have a number of farms where they'd be utilising forage crops uh, to finish lambs. Um, you know, belly clipping them uh, when they go onto the crop. Um, it's useful, I suppose, if this can be done in time and that you have at least uh, four weeks before they're due to go for slaughter. Because uh, if there's a little bit of wool regrowth, um, it it makes it much easier to do any remedial clipping that's needed. Um, at the at the slaughter plant, so um, it's important that you, you if you're belly clip if you're planning to belly clip the the, the lambs that you, you do it in time. Again, there's still be, there's still be listeners out there that are are maybe have lambs that are, are quite close to to slaughter. Uh, maybe they have they have grass. Uh, they're feeding in trucks uh, outside along with good quality grass. So again, just the practical things: keeping those trucks uh, moved as regularly as you can, so that uh, they're not they're not they're not mucking up the area too much. Um, 
you know, that, that's as much as I suppose you can do to, from a practical point of view to try and try and keep lambs as 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 clean as possible. Uh, and maybe again, uh, when it comes to when it comes to going to going to market with them or going to the factory with them, uh, you know, even if they're outdoors, possibly trying to get them indoors and and, and straw for a, for a for a few hours before they before they go. Uh, and for the for the transport to the factory or that um all these kind of things can be a help in terms of you know and good management in terms of of transport and so on uh, to to keep them clean look lads it's been a challenging couple of weeks hopefully maybe frank you're right we might jinx it with this episode that things will improve or conditions will improve but i think for the vast majority of farms in that situation where grass supplies are going through quickly and there is a lot of farms in that situation around the country you know, this is one step they can take with the finished lambs to actually get a return on them. Yeah, we are putting in the investment of concentrate, but it's one that's going to cover them at the moment. Well, it, it is, Kieran, and it, it, it'll cover them at the minute, but it also paints into the bigger picture of the long, you know, the long-term thing of it. So there's no point, I suppose, <sighs> taking a hit on it this year and saying, oh, well, sure, look, we're going to graze paddocks that we've closed up or we're going to force the oats to stay out for an extra few weeks. And carry next this year's problems into next year, you know. So you kind of have to kind of break the the cycle. If we were having a bad period, we take the hit now. How's the lambs? There will be a return on them. Get rid of them, but also it probably frees up grass for yos. It will free up shed space later in the year to get yos in on time, so we're not burning up condition or going back grazing paddocks that we've closed for next spring. So you kind of look at it. You have to look at it in the big picture thing too that you don't let this year's problems drag on. So yeah, and the other side of it then, Kieran, is that you know we don't just panic and start. You know, leaving carcass behind is either that you know, if we are sending lambs to the factory that we're sending finished, that they're in the right specs and we're getting the best return from them that we can. Yeah, just to follow on from Frank's point there, Kieran, uh, you know, I suppose the, the, there there are cases, I suppose maybe um, where maybe if you, if you don't have the housing or whatever reason you you want to get lambs moved around, you know, there is always the store option even for for for, for forward store lambs. Um, you know, there is there is there is a bit of demand for them there at the minute. Um, and and the flip side, I suppose, as well. Uh, Frank mentioned maybe not. Uh, you know, to, you know the important thing is really knowing the spec, um, knowing your your kill out, as Frank outlined earlier on, um, and and you know trying to trying to maximise your 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 carcass output. Uh, but the other side of that is it is an expensive system when you have these in on ad lib meals. So regular drafting is important. You, you don't want them, uh, you know, running over spec either. That you're you're. Um, you're 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 ending up with too heavy or too heavy carcasses, and you're not getting paid for for every kilo you're producing. So it is important to, to keep an eye on that and, and know your know your know your drafting weights and know your your flesh cover, uh, and keep an eye on that because they do when they get going on that system, um, you know they they, they they will they will finish surprisingly quickly. So, um, that that's an important point I think as well. Yeah, particularly a weather lamb or a yo lamb, if they're in that sort of system, it's amazing how quickly they they can change and, and finish on it. As it was good getting both of on today, and it's timely. Hopefully, we might see an improvement in conditions. Well, if not, it is one viable option to consider. Thanks to both of you. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Karen. We'll finish the episode up there. It's been a difficult year. Certainly, systems had a modifying change. Looking at the option of housing or mineral lamps in the farm to finish indoors might be one of those changes we just have to implement this year, given the grazing conditions we've seen in recent weeks. I think the two lads have highlighted some of the key factors to consider if you are going to look at that option for your own farm. That's it for me for this episode. For updates from our sheep program, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us for more episodes.